0: Table edition. With me this evening are three excellent writers from JaysJournal.com. Ashley Weisdorf, Craig Borden, and Clayton Riché are with me to talk about the Toronto Blue Jays in particular tonight's loss to the Boston Red Sox. The Blue Jays finished the series. Murphy's Law was on fine display. Pretty much every facet of the game, offensively, defensively intangibles. Any facet of the game that can influence a positive outcome could not happen this evening. And uh, we need to talk about what the ramifications of that are. Not because I personally believe that there's a reason to be concerned. Sure, it was a tough series, but there are 81 regular season games left. And for a team that's underperformed in terms of talent, I think it's prudent for the average fair-weathered fan to stop and ask themselves, have they seen the best Blue Jays that they'll possibly see this year? I believe they haven't. I believe the fans are still in for a bit of a surprise in terms of what this team can do when fully healthy and playing a little bit closer to the mean. Because let's face it, you're not going to get what you've been seeing from Josh Donaldson or Troy Tulowitzki or Russell Martin or Jose Bautista for the rest of the year. These are players of pride. These are players who enjoy winning. These are players who, if not for their incremental contribution to get the 2015 and 2016 teams to the postseason, we'd still be talking about now a 25-year drought. So now I'm going to take a moment and introduce you to our roundtable this evening. We've got three gentlemen coming in from Jay's Journal. And first, I'd like to pay attention to the familiar face in the crowd. Borden is with us. How are you this evening?
1: good just enjoying 4th of July down here in the States. I know you guys have been celebrating Canada and I hope you all have had a wonderful weekend so far.
0: That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. And we have been celebrating and we're going to get to that, especially in how today kind of curved that celebration or that celebratory mood, you might say. Next, I want to bring on a new member to the round table and you will get used to him because he will be a familiar face here. I'm talking about Ashley Eisdorf. Ashley, thanks for coming on the show tonight.
2: My pleasure, Ari. And I can hear actually some fireworks in the background, uh here in the burbs of Toronto. So um yeah, it's kinda nice that we have the uh our our July first so close to uh, Independence Day for the States. So
0: It's, it's awesome cool. it worked out that way, didn't it? Uh, and and I think that we were hoping for that today. Didn't happen. So before we start chatting about it, I'd like to introduce the third member of this round table. He's also the site expert Jay's journal. He's a very prolific author, Clayton Richey. Clayton, thanks for coming on the show.
3: Thanks, Ari. Thanks for uh, having me on, and I'm still recovering from today and the Canada Day celebration. So hopefully we can get through this.
0: So I suppose that's our common thread: is that we feel that today is a day of celebration and of, of commemoration, and and yet I can't help but feel that after seeing this baseball game during that, given what's going on. And social media and everything around us, guys. There is a lot of bitterness and angst and woe when we should be celebrating Canada's birthday and the Fourth of July down with our southern neighbors. Uh, with you, Ashley, give us your impression. Of what the heck happened this afternoon? And how do you feel about things literally moving forward?
2: All right. Well, you know, you gotta add your 15-1 drubbing today, but uh, we're going into the Bronx for for a three-set. Keep in mind, I'm a glasses half full type guy. So, just looking at this weekend, um, Yankees didn't do that great themselves. They they didn't get swept unlike us, but they took one out of three against uh, the Stros, who are you know probably one of the finest teams in baseball at the moment. There,
3: I think that just the weekend itself. You know, today was fifteen-one, but they were outscored twenty-nine to six. And I think I'm usually a half full guy. The glass is usually half full, and I'm, they just haven't put anything together. There hasn't been a string of games there hasn't been now they're nine and a half games back back of the sox. I think they're seven games under five hundred they're on a four game losing streak. I think they're two and eight in their last ten like they gotta start showing signs soon, and it seems like every series is the biggest series of the season, but Definitely uh, the Yankees. It's going to be a big one, and for both of them, they're both. If the Yankees get swept, they're going to fall out of the out of the picture too a little bit. So yeah, they struggled. It's they've a big struggled. series. It's so yeah, and the yeah, and the Sox it, are coming on. So yeah,
2: on that Yankees point, there you know traditionally, historically speaking, you know the Jays have done badly at Yankee Stadium, but that's all behind us now because since. 2015, we're 26-15 and at Yankee Stadium, so we have a very good record there, and and part of it might be that short porch in right field, Uh, Smokey could do very well with that, Morales if he, I don't know, shows some play discipline, but uh, from the left side, um, those guys can definitely do, do some damage.
3: I was looking at the numbers for Tanaka, how the Jays have fared going into tomorrow. And uh, I think Pierce is a a career four seventeen hitter. He's only got twelve appearances against him, twelve at bats, he's got two homers and he's hitting four seventeen off Tanaka. Wow. But they gotta do something. They gotta start J, J.D.'s batting a buck eight in his last ten, so and well, I think two thirty two over his last thirty, so
0: And and that seems to be where uh it, it's a uh, like a Ultimately, the biggest driving force in some of what we're hearing about the Josh Donaldson trade rumors, and and of course it doesn't with the, it's not a surprise that it should coincide. With what he's been performing. Craig, what do you think about what happened and all these people who are basically running out and screaming? We've got to trade him before we lose his uh, his value to the team. Is this all just a, a great deal of frustration and paranoia, or do people have a legitimate beef given what they witnessed during the game series?
1: Now, on the Josh Donaldson thing, I'm just going to mention one thing about where these guys are talking with the Yankees things. Since the building of the new Yankee Stadium, period, it has not been the house of horrors as far as as how things were when you know the Yankees were the Yankees in the late 90s or into the millennium here. It basically they throw that down to that old stadium and it's than any other ballpark to us. Maybe some of that lore and the nostalgia. Yes, it's still the Yankees, but you know it's more. Um, this is the same house anymore. as the legends where it's you know what's in the backyard. <laughs> Maybe that's something going on here. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. they have played. They have played a lot better. Over the, yeah, 2015, definitely, that was kind of the big turning point. But even before that, they were kind of splitting series with the Yankees, not Lucas getting completely housed in either or in stadiums. So, anyway, moving on to the Josh Dielson idea. I've been preaching this one, and I hope some people are hearing this. If you trade Josh Dielson this season, I don't want you saying that you're going to be, you're out of it this year you're pretty much saying the same thing about you're done next year, too, in my opinion. You're going to trade franchise player right now because if you trade Donaldson, you're already going to not bring back people like Bautista, which, in my opinion, shouldn't at least be brought back on his current contract if he keeps playing like he has been playing. But you're sending a complete franchise-changing uh, message throughout the whole organization. They're going to start bringing up the kids. Then we'll start planning for you know 2020, when the Lads and the Bows and everybody else start coming up. You have that now. I honestly think you still have a chance to hold on to Donaldson, even if he does suffer this year. He's been plagued by injuries. You hold on to him until next year, and you can still trade him next year at the trade deadline. It's as easy as you could at this one. I really you know, don't see that being uh, Craig, an issue. Uh,
2: there's a, and the corollary to that, if they trade Donaldson, obviously that would be the beginning of the end of, you know this window here, um, and you know the crawlery being that the fans, if you don't build it, they won't come. The opposite of that, that statement from Field of Dreams, you know, and you'll see it. Like we support the team, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, um, you you fill the seats when you when you put out a winner, but during a, if there's a full rebuild. And that's, Donaldson, like you said, if Donaldson goes, that's the first domino. Um, and then you're looking at, you know, 2020 maybe. And it's, it just would be quite underwhelming after the run we've been on the last couple of years. So it'd be nice if we could find some, cor- some kind of happy medium. And Donaldson's mm-hmm. not exactly performing that well, so he might not fetch as much as you'd think.
3: Yeah, I think the thing with J.D. now is, one, if you're trading him, you're you're doing a complete... Rebuild, and two, his stock now. Like you said, he's not he's not hitting as well as he usually is. He's a calf issues off and on all year, so definitely now the time isn't to move. And like Craig said, uh, you can still do it next year if if these guys aren't performing again next year, and you know Father Time looks like he's catching up to some of them. Then then maybe that's the time. But I, I don't think now is the time. As frustrating as they've been, uh, this is still a core that. That made it to the postseason last year, and you know, at any time, we keep waiting for them to run off ten games and, and get back in this thing. So, I, I don't think now is the time for JD to, to to be shipped or shopped, unless unless they plan on tearing it all down right now.
2: You know and what, I think gents, far i just, off I, from that. I, 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 I just want to throw something tearing. out there. Is that you, Craig? If you want to, yeah. Go, go ahead. Sort of Cut you off there. Two no, no, I was just. Minutes, uh, yeah. sh- no, I was just going to suggest that, um, you know, based on how things look at Yankee Stadium, if we manage to do all right, bear in mind the Yankees right now, the meat of the order is totally decimated. It's in my uh, preview piece that will be in tomorrow's Jay's Journal. But they've lost their both their two, their four, and their five hitters of their regular starting lineup. Aaron oh. Hicks, gone. Mm. Right, just for the moment, Aaron Hicks, they've been gutted. Aaron Hicks, gone. Uh, Matt Holiday, gone. And he, he was producing. He had 15 home runs. He was still, you know, still a beast up there. And then uh, Starlin Castro, who's huge. Just take a look at all those guys' numbers. They're all gone. Sure, they still have Aaron Judge. And, you know, Brett Gardner hit a Grand Slam on Friday. And that's an interesting ancillary point is this whole business. Uh, they You know, I don't know if you guys heard about this idea of a juiced ball this year. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, um Anyway, I'm getting I a little can't off topic. So, things, no. you know. <laughs> so um, but those are so you know the misfortune of the Yankees might uh, very well play in our favor. Well,
1: and, and, and I, May think I think deck one thing.
2: Absolutely, go ahead. About
1: the Yankees, line up, anyways. I I'm gonna put my minor league pro hat on right now. I don't know how much you guys know about Clint Frazier or not, but I've had the luxury of seeing him destroy my Rochester Red Wings here in Rochester, New York and the guy is gonna be something big. He had a fir- his first home run today in his debut and I believe he had a double to go along with that. The guy has oh. a great oh. stick. So I think up for that kind of things. Clint Frazier might be that catalyst that they got last year between the Aaron Judge's and the Gary Sanchez that they got at the end of last season, I I'm fearful for that arm system offensively. Pitching wise, they can't pitch their way out of a brown paper bag <laughs> through most of their system right now. But they've been doing nothing but out uh, potent bats for a couple of years now. So just wanted to mention that point about Clint Frazier.
0: You know, in all the time that we've known each other, Chris, what I appreciate most about you is your ability to visualize what's going to happen in the future when it comes to the Jades. And an expert in minor league believe me, we can appreciate the fact that there is definitely something waiting for us at the end of the proverbial rainbow. The problem now is how do we get there? What do we do in the next one to two years? Because we all know the perilous state that this franchise is in in terms of their decisions moving forward as a result of a quote lost or an abandoned year. I've been preaching patience because I, quite frankly, don't know what they're going to do. And I'm wondering, let's start with you, Clayton. What will they do if these assets begin to be traded and sold off? And now the season ticket holder, the Fairweather fans are left wondering, am I really going to spend a 2018 version of the Toronto Blue Jays?
3: And you know what? I think think the brain trust is in a, a peculiar spot because... Even if they want to tear it down, they're stuck with Tulo. They're stuck with Tulo's contract. They're stuck yeah. with Martin. They're stuck with Martin's contract. No one's taking those those on. So, if you tear it down and start moving out assets, you're sort of caught with with a bit of both, right? You're fifty fifty in. Like, how do you unless you're dealing them and and eating their contracts and and shipping them out? But I'm not. Like, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, Batista, he's done. He's probably not coming back, but but Martin's going to be back. Tulo's going to be back. You've got JD back next year if you don't move him. So you got Smoke still cheap. He's back. So mm-hmm. it, it's there. Like it's there, right? So I I don't know. Yeah, they're in a tough spot. Floor
1: is rather high. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
2: place. You add some pieces like a D Gordon or whoever at second base or Lowry, like Clayton. You know, in your recent piece, you mentioned how, how we had some scouts over there in Oakland, scooping. Uh, uh, what's her face? Slusser, Slusser, the beat writer for Oakland. So, you know, it'd be nice if the Jays actually, if the front office actually took a chance. You know, because just like you said, the the, the a lot of our pieces are not really movable. So I think they gotta be malleable and, and there's a little bit of I wouldn't call us buyers or sellers unless we totally just, you know, mimic this past week and, and play the same kind of baseball because then forget about it.
3: And realistically uh, the the pending free agents that they could move, if you look at Liriano and Estrada, they're kinda in a down a downward turn right now too so their stock isn't as high as it once was either if they're looking at moving those guys
1: yeah, on the building idea hope, uh, well you, you got
2: connor green or reed foley comes in but anyway <laughs> yeah,
1: right. on a on the building idea here though you got guys that are going to be on the team next year i don't see the giant contract as the tulowinski and the martin thing is a terrible thing that they are you're telling me that I'm stuck with one of the better catchers and one of the better shortstops over the last you know, couple decades here? That just sounds it's yeah. terrible to me. I don't know why that was such a bad <laughs> thing. <I don't, laughs> it's, it's, sorry if oh, I'm yeah. laying the sarcasm on a little bit too thick there, but one way or the other, regardless of how those guys are going to be performing, you know, they're going to help turn out solid baseball players to be the future of the Toronto Blue Jays. Martin will help it's already, we've already seen the work with Martin, with Strowman and Sanchez, and what they've done off the bat here. You got Tulewinski being the leader in the clubhouse as you bring in the Bobachettes and the Vlads and um, some of the other guys that I know, the Edward Oliveras, the Dwight Smith Juniors, and all these guys. They're going to help be those guys, help get those guys to the best of their potential, and then they're going to bow their hat and then they're going to walk out the door. That's how it is. I am completely fine with that. Yeah. Well, yeah. he,
0: here's the thing that that still sounds optimistic to a lot of fans who've been inclined to look at it from the worst-case scenario, right? Because, you know, we're not strangers to bad starts and bad moments and seasons and strange things happening. If you if you look at the history of this franchise, this is a uh, a, a, a team that once started 12 and 24 and found a way the division. And back then, with social media, if you would have started 12 and 24, you wouldn't have heard the end of how, statistically speaking, your chances of making the postseason are probably zero percent. We had a year where we were up by three and a half with seven games left to play and blew it again of social media. Where can you imagine the Toronto Blue Jays today going to the final week of the season <laughs> up three and a half for the you know in the division and then losing every single game and still George Rob, Bell and Trammell. But we won't get into that. That's too controversial tonight. What I do <laughs> want to mention though is, doesn't the question become? And, and I get it. I, I believe in the talent of this team. I. I preached patience, and I still preach patience. But then I, I've seen some statistics in particular, and the one, the real damning one, is being 15th in the American League in with runners in scoring position. And I want to start with, with you, Craig, and then we can go around the table. Why is the team so clutchless this year? Where Where is there for the um, unexpected and amazing this year? It doesn't seem that way anymore. Not, not like the team that we had in
1: 2015 or 2016. Well, the big, big downturn that you have from those couple of years to this year is one of our best producers with runners and scoring positions now wearing a Cleveland Indians jersey. Oh, well, yeah, Edwin Encarnacion is unfortunately one of the most <laughs> clutch guys I've seen wearing a Blue Jay uniform. Period. But you are hoping that you know, regardless of who we brought in and who we had left after that, Kendrys Morales has been just struggling and struggling lately. Um, Justin Smokes, the only guy that appears to even know what a bat is the last few weeks, Uh, and uh, they're not hitting, and that's the biggest problem right now. And until they start figuring out how to start even playing small ball, moving guys up from first to second even to get them into scoring position, they're not going to win any ball games doing this stuff. You can't wait for the home run all the time, and they have the talent to be able to hit on an everyday basis in the lineup. I thought today was uh,
3: during the Red Sox game was a little telling when uh, Lynn bunted for the base hit, oh, and then yeah. Marrero bunted for the base hit. So now you had first and second on, and both of them had hit safely with bunts, and then of course Mookie comes up and and hits a three run bomb. But mm-hmm. could you imagine? Could you imagine our lineup doing that? Like, <laughs> <Not> <laughs> I like guess Barney. maybe Carrera, Carrera and Barney like. You just picture like that's not that's probably not happening in uh, with the Blue Jays lineup.
0: Well, then who can forget that the inning before, in the bottom of that inning, Martin came up with ducks on the pond, didn't move them up, just flew out to right field the way so many of our hitters do. There really isn't much in the way of wishful thinking anymore for intangibles on this team. They don't bunt, they don't run. I mean, guys, what what are we supposed to do when you have nothing really working for yourself and you refuse to think outside of the box?
2: Well, it's time. Well, you look at the, the odd moment. There have been moments, and we do have that weird stat of having the most home runs in the majors from the seventh inning on. That's that's still that's still there. So, um, and I've seen Morales like you know tie games, win games, walk off games with home runs earlier it's just a very streaky club and streaky players and it's been that way in previous years as well it's just right now we're mired but if you look at may it's fantastic the thing that worries me though is just the the whole of travis you know i i hate i hate to keep hammering on that point but you know i i'd like to ask craig you know if i can't even pronounce that guy's name Leblanc or whatever um, Leblia
1: John, work. yeah, say <laughs> <Yeah. Okay. laughs> hey, that three know, times fast. Um, won't we'll be able to do it, but as far as it goes, the kid can rake. <laughs> okay,
2: so I mean, I know Barney and Travis they're 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 holding it down over there, but I mean, it's just I don't know if that's a recipe for a winner. And at, at least Sanchez is going to come back. Apparently, he'll be ready for the Houston series. So um and hap looks like he's getting back into form uh hopefully estrada can figure out whether you know he's got a um a tell if you will on his change up or fastball or whether it's just because he's keeping the ball up in the zone um you know if our starting rotation starts there's a lot of ifs you know i keep going on with the ifs but um I don't know. I still see a recipe to win games. It's just certain things need to happen, obviously, and we need certain bats to come alive. I, Donaldson, in particular, he looked he looked a little uh, like today, even uh, like a check swing or two, where he's a little jittery, and it just he and he ends up o one o two. You know, like, what do you, how are you gonna how are you gonna get a good hit when you have to just protect the plate? You know,
0: for us to single out Donaldson doesn't make a lot of sense in a series where the pitchers walked an average of eight runners per game and gave up 10 runs per game. Um, so you got eight walks per game, 10 runs per game. You factor in the offense drying up and suddenly you realize that that's how you end up losing a series. And, and you know, we hark to the Baltimore series and we talked about this uh, at some points, you know, in the past during the week, other round tables, Fact remains that this was nothing compared to the Baltimore series. The Baltimore series was a winnable series for the team. Um, this was profoundly disappointing. And now, what are fans supposed to think heading into you know, you on this, Ashley, with the Yankees? But you look at the Houston Astros, and they're on pace for a 60-50 yeah. year Well, they've yeah, got three, star- me-
3: three starters in the All-Star game, so
0: that'll do it. That, yeah. that goes
3: tell uh, yeah, Altuve, Carrera, and, and Springer all starting in the All-Star game, so. And Tycho's bounce, Tycho's bounce
2: back. You know what though? Okay. Houston fans have been very patient. They looked at there were about two or three consecutive seasons with 100 losses or more, mm. and that was their rebuild until they got to 2017. So back in 2013 or 2014, you know they the fans were not happy, and then they 2017 looked like light years from then. You know so. They went through it, and uh, we might have to. I don't know. Uh, no, there's no question. Uh, Mark Shapiro, Atkins, Charrington, et al. You know, they got their work cut out for them because it's not an easy rebuild. I see it as a kind of in between thing where it's a, a matter of keeping some assets and hopefully they play up to their ability and also bringing in some, you know, an, ins- an insurgence of youth.
1: I am going to point out one fun fact. I'm pretty sure it was the year 2012 that Alex Rodriguez alone made more money than the Houston Astros did. <laughs> the <go on> <laughs> um, But I, I agree with you that, but I don't see this being the point where the Blue Jays are ever going to have a point where they're going to have to tank four years in a row to get good draft picks just to get that, you know, the George Springer or, or, and all those. I, I, we're not at that point. We, the, the one thing that the new brain trust has done is they've helped take those guys that Anthopolis did in the minor, did draft in the minor leagues. And they have accentuated that they've been doing a good job. of have even bringing in talent. People forget that we got two good rookies with Francisco Liriano because we were eating all his contract. So we got Harold Ramirez and uh, why am I blanking on the catcher's name right now? <laughs> Reese McGuire. Recent wire, yeah, that's, right. that's right. I was thinking, I yeah, was thinking yeah. Jansen, but he's the uh, drafty that's been doing really well in his stead since because he's been playing hurt. Yeah, um, we,
2: we sent over uh, Drew Hutchison, so that was a good move. Yeah, huh?
1: yeah one way or the other, regardless yeah. of what you got out of Lariano, he did get us some good starts, and he's been a, unfortunately a mixed batch. On the mound, but he is still a veteran player. That yeah, you might be paying him, you know, x amount of money, but you also got two guys that are helping to secure your future a little bit at the same time.
3: Today's deal with Grilly, I don't know if you guys looked at uh, the stat line for the prospect they got about that uh, Edward Pinto. And I know, yeah, uh, I know the the J. Yeah, the J Sent cash considerations with Grilly, but he was leading. Uh, he was leading his team with a batting average of like three eleven. He was playing for the Down East Wood Ducks in the Carolina League. And uh, he looks like a player. Like, he had four homers, seven stolen bases, a three uh, 311 average. So yeah, and I think he's a nice three old, 309. Yeah, 22-year-old outfielder. I think he's a 309 career hitter. So he looks like something more than just a throw-in, which is what you thought you kind of would have got. But he looks like he might be uh, something of relevance at some point.
1: But Clay, the other mean, thing they did the, today, too, they yeah. traded Lane Thomas to the Cardinals so that they could get cap room to get the gentleman that they signed in the international free agent market, too. So they've been making some little moves that are flying high, low, low, low under the radar <laughs> as we're talking well, about though. So. Yeah, they they signed that
3: 16-year-old pitcher from Brazil, that Eric uh, Pardino, for $1.4 million. And then they yeah, signed, and I think uh, that was I part of the that, Lane Thomas thing. Well, I think they had nine. They had nine signings today on the international, and I think uh, I don't know. Cardino really was I think the fifth.
2: Too.
1: Yeah, Paradino yep. was the
3: fifth-ranked international prospect, and then they signed a uh, shortstop. I think Geraldo, and he was number seventeen on the uh, yep. on the rankings. So yeah, they had a good day.
0: This roundtable is confident in management. That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing all three of you say that this organization knows what it's doing, but the same breath we talk about tanking, knowing full well that this isn't like, for example, what happened in hockey, where you know scores and scores of sheep went in and still watched the product, even though they knew it wasn't going anywhere, and they had to sit and suffer through some really, really bad games. But here in Toronto, it doesn't work that way. If you don't get fan value and the fans perk up and start paying attention, like when you start taking away fan favorites and MVP caliber players, um, should there be a fear, and I'll start with Clay on this one, should there be a fear that that gap of competitiveness could really end up costing in the long run as well. When us looking around and saying, Oh God, we're not making really anything that we expected anywhere near what we thought we'd make.
3: Yeah. I'm not sure. Like I said, I, I have confidence in the, they've in the brain trust. They've brought so many, so many guys in to, to make that team that have such a track record and are proven front office guys. Um, yeah, I, I have faith, and I was an Annapolis fan, but uh, I have faith in the front office, and you know, in in segueing to 2020 or putting a a product on the field, and I think they know they know that the the Jays are a hot ticket right now. They know they're going to fill the the seats if they have a a team that's competitive. So it's uh, I I have confidence in them. I really do
2: they look at like a very competent group of guys uh and and they took time and bring adding extra pieces in the actual front office in terms of like bringing on Ben Sherrington. he's a more recent addition and then keeping around Lacava who had worked in, uh with in the Indians organization prior um so definitely I, I, I echo what you were saying there. Um and I have some faith in these guys. Um, might be a little more prudent than Anthopolis just in the in their approach, but um they make a lot of like you were, like we were all saying here, they, they they make moves that sometimes don't reach the general public, but they, they fortify the organization. So um yeah i just i just wanted to add to that just to give my my uh my faith in, in the in those guys running the show but the, the 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 one detraction possibly is that you look at their um their mandarins the people that they they speak to um up the hierarchy and that would be you know the Rogers Corporation So they do have to operate within Rogers Parameters and you know Us we're not privy to that No one's privy to that Shai is not privy to that I <laughs> just to drop a name but um, You know Sometimes you wonder um, How what they can really Do what they are able To do because apparently They're one of the richest clubs out There you know I, I know this has kind of Been debated Ad nauseam over a while, um, you know, but uh, it, it's something that it, it, you can't help but wonder sometimes, you know, about that whole aspect.
0: We've normalized our that 160 million dollars represents where the benchmark should be, but considering the size of the city, it's the fourth largest market, and we know what's at stake in baseball: the arms race. The argument that the Jays aren't spending enough to me is, is absolutely valid and should be talked about more often than not because if a team claims to have a window and is in a position where they have talent that is regressing and needs to capitalize on this window shouldn't you argue that they need to be buyers and that they need to go out and make sure that they give this group one last shot at getting into the postseason what do you think about that premise Craig?
1: I'm one of the schools of thought. You guys saw what happened in 2015. Um, The team was kind of like, hey, you know, we're dancing around 500. And the year prior to that, they were exactly in the same situation. And everybody was like, oh, well, you guys have the team you have. You aren't allowed to get anybody else. They brought in some very, very minute pieces and, you know, it was business as usual. 2015 comes around. The farm gets sold, you bring in all this talent, and we go on a crazy run and should have maybe ran a little bit further than we ended up. Um, Maybe this is a situation that they would like some confidence from the front office. You know, hey, give us something to go on here. And they're like, oh, man, maybe we're not as bad as, you know, everybody in the media is saying, and we can make a tear on this and see where it goes, because they are not as bad as they're playing. Giant proprietor of bad luck at the moment. So if you give them something to maybe go, hey, you know what, you guys are, you know, this is your little poke in the back, you know, get moving. (laughs) Maybe they'll run with it.
2: Greg, I can't help but agree with you on that point. I really feel like front offices these days, they prize their prospects a little too much. I know how much we love Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, and Bo Bichette, just because of their pedigree and the way they're raking, but they're in A-ball, and A-ball, the pitching they're facing is quite different than the show, and we've seen tons of prospects flame out. So when you're in a window like now, I, I'd say, you know, we we have restocked the cupboards quite well, all the way uh from Anthony Alford and Dwight Smith Jr. all the way down the line, including pitchers like Reed Foley and Connor Green, and then down to the A ball guys I mentioned. So um there there are there are prospects that can be traded so that we can get, you know, some premium talent. And I know, you know, maybe it's a pipe dream, but like Clayton's written about it with the looking at the athletics, looking at Lowry and Sonny Gray, um who might be able to be had for a bargain because he's having sort of a meh year, but just hell of a pitcher. Um, and then you look at the you know all the conjecture about the Mets and then the Marlins saying we're ready to go here, you know, uh, to move pieces. So I mean, why wait for the team to just flounder? I mean, it would be nice instead of waiting for w- whether they're going to win or lose. Unfortunately, it's too bad. It doesn't work that way. They do wait, but I'd like to see moves now to fortify things. And as and nothing against Barney or Goins, but it'd be nice to see an everyday second baseman who, like you know, you look at like like I said, D Gordon. He's he's what is he second in the majors of stolen bases and top five in, in hits. You know, and then, um, is going to the all star game. You know, I, I, Pierce is a great guy. You know, I would pay, what is it, six million for two years. And then, you know, Carrera, whatever. But, I mean, if you can fill left field and second, suddenly you really galvanize the fan base, you galvanize the team. You know, a couple swift moves to the front office. I think there, there is room there. There are pro, we have the prospect capital. Let's do it now. What do you guys I put the that out there to you gentlemen
0: let's uh, let's have clay have the final word on on tonight's round table and and you know what
2: i
3: i 100 agree and i think i think they they will bring people in especially if if the jays can go on a little bit of a run and and show some life and maybe string off five six seven eight games and uh, start looking like the team of old i think they will and i think they realize with the roster that they they've got to go for it in the next year or two before uh, before they plan on rebuilding. So I think if they do show a sign that there is life and they're they're gonna turn it around, I, I could see them going out and getting a few people. Just back to the the whole where we put our weight on prospects. Go back to spring training with Rowdy Talese, and we were ready to everyone was ready to anoint him, <laughs> the, the first baseman <laughs> and nobody wanted smoke around and he goes That's to why Buffalo I'm and on my fantasy team. He goes to Buffalo, and his final and barely, nudge,
1: just saying
3: <laughs> barely hits over the Mendoza line, and smoke just we all know what he's done, so you know you just never know.
0: I want to thank all three of you for joining the table. You've been listening to Ashley Wadorf, Craig Borden, and Clayton Richey of jay 's Journal. I'm going to quickly go around the table. Let's go Clay Craig. Ashley, quickly tell us uh, what you're working on so where listeners can keep themselves updated and our followers can keep enjoying your work.
3: Uh, currently, nothing right now. I just did a piece today on the uh, Grilly trade, looking at Pinto, and uh, I'm going to sit down after this phone call and kind of plan out my uh, my week, what I'm going to do. Uh, one thing uh, before we go to uh, the Yankees series to look out for, Sanchez has faced Estrada eight times. In his career, and he's got four bombs off him. So, wow. in game in game three, have a have a look at that matchup.
1: Eight eight career <laughs> at bats, four bombs. You now, I kind of had some fun with uh, my last article. That was not a minor league recap, as far as things go. Um, I did a piece looking at the 2004 Toronto Blue Jays and how they had just you know came off of hot off of the 2003 season where they just missed out on the playoffs, and then broke loose with everybody going down with including roy halliday and carlos delgado at the time thinking about kind of jumping into some of those kind of obscure history facts with some things i'm still looking where to go on that um the other thing i've been also playing with here and forming up a list minor league guys that are outside of the top 30 currently that maybe you should know I know one of the guys I can think of off the top of my head, Lansing Lugnuts, uh, Edward Oliveris, has been playing just as good and in the ballpark as um, Vladimir Guerrero and Boba Chat. He's not batting 400, wow. but he has been really, really good wow. and has been right around the 300 line and hitting home runs and driving in runs. And because there's so much noise on some of the other players his bat's been a little bit um, ignored. So I'm trying to find those guys that are the maybe the next wave of Toronto Blue Jays' prospects as some of these guys move up the list.
2: Yeah, and Ari, as for myself, um, keeping my ear to the ground or my eyes to the Twitter and just trying to scoop the scoops. As the eternal optimist, I always look for um, – Possible, uh, you know, ready-made talent that can, that we can insert into the lineup. Um, you know, if you look back at uh, recently, there was my my Mets piece, and um, prior to that, the Marlins piece. Just because I find um, they tend to get a lot of clicks, and and which shows that the fan base is hungry for uh, for additions. We're not, uh, you know, we haven't thrown in the towel yet.
0: Awesome. Awesome. You've been listening to Weisdorf, Borden, and Uh Before I let you guys go, I'm going to give you a fun fact. Yesterday, Bobby Bonilla made $1.19 million. And he <laughs> Happy Bobby Bonilla keep on
1: Day! On the That's the g- gift this that keeps on giving. giving. You got That's it. That's contract ever. And we <laughs> giving
0: until the year 2035. You've been listening to the Jay's Journal podcast, Roundtable Edition. Thanks for tuning in.